0: You know what's going on with gerrymandering in Alabama? I'm not showing you the following video to make you feel hopeless. In fact, I'm showing it for the opposite reason. This is why it is important to never call red states a lost cause, because there's no red state that is filled with only the right. Alabama is a great example where it probably feels hopeless, but I promise you it's not.
1: You know, we're in a state of disunion when politicians are actively trying to suppress the vote gotten past the midterms and republican gerrymandering is in full swing with up to 29 seats in 14 states already at risk of being redrawn according to the new york times yesterday the north carolina supreme court heard a case reconsidering a republican map one that was already struck down for being unconstitutionally unconstitutional beyond a reasonable doubt but during the 2022 midterms north carolina voters flipped the court to a conservative majority and now in a highly unusual move they are ignoring precedent taking the case up again North Carolina is one of the swingiest swing states President Biden only lost there by one point in 2020. In last year's midterms, using a court-appointed map, Republicans and Democrats won an equal number of congressional districts, seven each. But under the Republican-proposed map, Republicans could win up to 11 of those seats, leaving Democrats with only three. It appears that this conservative court is champing at the bit to reinstate this map, with Politico noting that they signaled a degree of hostility toward the groups defending the current map. But North Carolina is far from the only place in a state of disunion. What's happening in Alabama is even more egregious. It's straight-up racism. Alabama has one of the highest black population percentages in the country, 27%. But their Republican-drawn redistricting map only has one district that's majority black, meaning that 27% of the population is represented by only 14% of the state's districts. That map was used in the midterms, with that district electing the state's only Democratic Congress member. Challengers sued the state, arguing that the map violates the Voting Rights Act which has been one of Chief Justice John Roberts' longtime dreams to invalidate. The court heard arguments last fall, and the conservative justices seem to be leaning towards upholding this map. The case is called Merrill v. Milligan. Legal Defense Fund President and Director Counsel Janae Nelson joins me now, along with Evan Milligan, Executive Director of Alabama Forward and Plaintiff in Merrill versus Milligan. Thank you, thank you both for being here. Uh, I had the honor of, of meeting you, uh, Evan, uh, when I was recently in Selma and we were on panel together. And I want you to, to give the, the, my audience the education you gave me about this case and why you um, are plaintiff in it.
2: Sure, it's great to be with you again, Joy. Hi, Janae. Uh, well, this case to me is about, is about love for people who live in the Black Belt region of, of the United States, uh, particularly the Black Belt of Alabama, where I was raised, but I happened to be born in the Black Belt area of East Texas uh, in, in Houston. It's where my father was from. And I, I mean, just by luck of the draw, my parents were, were people who taught me to love Black people through activism. And so that, that was a legacy that I grew up around, just like many other people in my part of the country. And as I became an adult um, and was choosing a career path, I, I've just been really you know, invested in justice-oriented work and work that improves the conditions Of people living throughout Alabama's poorest communities and so that led to us being involved in redistricting work in 2021 and as a result of that we were able to get to know the legal defense fund attorneys and other attorneys who were on the ground working alongside community members and organizers so when it was time to challenge the state's map, it was a really easy decision to work with the legal defense fund to do that.
1: Yeah, and you know, Jane, the question is: Is it a winnable case? I mean, the arguments were made, I think, last, last October. Um, but you know, we know that you know the supposed moderate among the, the, the conservative wing is John Roberts, who has a long history of seeming to despise the Voting Rights Act, going back to when he was a Reagan lawyer. So it's hard for me to construct which five members of the Supreme Court would actually rule in fla- in favor of Black Alabamians. Am I being too pessimistic?
3: Listen, I think your read of the court is correct. Uh, I will say that this case is absolutely winnable. In fact, it is a slam dunk case on the merits. You you almost can't look at that map and look at the facts underlying it and see anything other than a racial gerrymander. We have a population of Alabama where uh, black people occupy roughly 27% of the population, and yet they are relegated to have an opportunity to elect a candidate of their choice in only one of seven congressional districts. So, you know, the math alone suggests what we were able to prove through a very extensive record, and that is that black people are being packed into a single district in Alabama, and there is a, a direct effort to limit their political power. And this court
1: should and can rule in our favor quite easily, and I hope that it will. And, you know, Evan, what does this do uh, to voters? Because, you know, every election year, people say, oh, look at, you know, Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, look at the low voter turnout. But, when, you know, Mississippi also only has one black uh, member of Congress because there is this strategy in these southern states of finding all the black people drawing a big circle around them and saying you get one Congress people, we get the rest. And that's what you're obviously fighting in this case. What does that do when you go out and say to people, hey, you should turn out and vote when they're being told by their government, your vote doesn't count. We're packing you all in so that you really can't have a say
2: it forces us to find motivation when we're speaking to audiences in our communities that don't rely only in overnight change of quality of life. And so for, for many of the community members that we're engaging and saying, well, you want me to believe these things about government here in Alabama that I've never seen. And, you know, one thing that we constantly try to encourage people to do is "Well, look, let's follow the money and think about rooms. There are certain rooms that you want to be in and there's certain, there's certain money being spent to keep you out of those rooms. So if, if, you know, if we think of the ballot box as one of those rooms, why is there so much intense um, investment in these measures to, to challenge, you know, the basic fundamentals of exercising the right to vote? And so, we really try to encourage those who feel a little jaded to think about some of the interests that may that may be pro- profiting and benefiting from them sitting on the sidelines. And we think our our case is a good illustration that you know it, it should be a slam dunk case under under our our laws. Um, and the fact that this would even be a question, and let alone space for the state to make some of the arguments that it's making, is a is a great lit- litmus test as far as where we are now and how many more people we need to join us in pushing and join us in understanding you know the the, where we are as, as far as the country right now
1: and they can't take your vote away if you just vote more, <laughs> because obviously there's a reason they don't want you to do it. I, today, I do want to ask you this closing question. There is this question of contagion. There's another case uh, that's coming up for the Supreme Court, and it's the state legislature case that would basically allow states to you know, set aside the will of the people um, and, and sub- sub- substitute them with their own electors, which is what Trump tried to do. Is there a concern in your view and in the view of the LDF that if this case doesn't go the right way, there could be a contagion and the Supreme Court might feel free to rule the wrong way in that case?
3: Yeah, I think that we have to be very cautious about all of these cases that uh, put our democracy in the hands of a court that we know um, might be politicized at this point. But I do think that there is enough constitutional doctrine to force the court to do the right thing. And the Moore versus Harper case should be determined um, and, and the Merrill versus Milligan case should be determined the right way
1: by these members of the court. Let's see if that happens. Evan Milligan and Janae Nelson, thank you both very much. Appreciate you.
0: One more thing I want to say before you scroll. This is why local elections matter. Because if every Democrat who lived in those red districts voted in every single local election, districts can get bluer because most people don't vote at all. When 10% of your district votes, whatever type of district that is, whether it's city council or neighborhood council or whatever, it's possible to win an election like that no matter how red your county is. But you have to vote in the local elections because they do. And that's partially how it got this bad in the first place. I'm not saying it's always possible, but it's more possible than you probably think when you see those numbers and those images. So vote until they take the right away and don't stop.
2: Short Cast Club.